and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. We've got kind of a classic style Ask Me About K-Pop episode for you today, where we're going to be talking about just a few items on a list that pertain to a specific (laughs) subject like we did in the first like 30 episodes of the show. Yep. Um, But before we get started, also in a classic Ask Me About K-Pop way that we have not done in a very long time, we need to uh, start with a current event before we Mm. get into the actual episode topic today. Yes. You have something you'd like to address at the top. Yeah, I think that I have to because if I didn't, I feel like it wouldn't feel right like in sure. the in the context of this show <laughs> and Absolutely. like who I am as a fangirl like I don't want it to seem like I'm ignoring what's mm-hmm. going on hey we did a whole series called our faves are problematic so call this an addendum right that's something that can constantly be updated unfortunately and today it must be that is true um but yeah I guess I kind of feel like I'm Like, I'm more or less, like, closing a chapter, Mm. and I feel like I have to do it, like, here on the air, on the Mm -hmm. only, like, platform that I have, Um, and, like, just before I even start talking, like, I just want to say that, like, this might be very messy and, like, kind of embarrassing for me, to be honest, but I've embarrassed myself on this show like many times before. Um, and like, I don't know, maybe it will help somebody. But I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to help me more than anything because I've just kind of been stewing in my own brain for days. Sure. And I need to like voice a lot of this stuff out loud. Yeah. So I'm going to try to take it very slowly um and talk as long as I need to and I if I end up editing a bunch of this out of the final episode that's fine uh but I need to like exercise my demons right now I think (laughs) um and And this is a safe space to do that because it's our show because it's our show whatever we want um and if you have no interest in hearing this at all I promise I will timestamp in the description (laughs) when the actual episode starts Um, Okay, so all of that out of the way, here we go. We'll start with an introduction to the situation at hand in case you are a person who smartly doesn't hang out on social media and doesn't Mm -hmm. know what's going on. Like, good for you. Good for you. Um, But essentially, a couple of days ago, I don't know which day now, it's fine, I'm not going to go look, but a couple of days ago... uh, I woke up to my traditional Hyuna has posted on Instagram notification that I get most mornings and I opened it up and it was a picture of her holding hands with a guy like their backs like walking mm-hmm. down a beach or something and the caption was like please look on us prettily with like one of those couple kissing emojis mm-hmm. and just on principle right away I was very upset to see this because it was just a couple of months ago that she was on Somi's little hot ones YouTube show just going on and on about how and 
embarrassing it was to be in a public relationship and like mm. I can't believe I did that like uh so embarrassing and I like took offense to that because it was like sure. okay like all right fine I mean that's a lot to unpack like <laughs> right there because of what a unit her and Don were like girl, you profited off of that relationship. Yeah. Let's not lie. Yeah. But continue. So I was like, already like, okay, like we're hard launching a new boyfriend already. Like, all right. Didn't think we were going to mm-hmm. do that. But then I clicked on the tag of the boy that was tagged in the picture. And I saw that it was Young Jun Hyung, who is a former member of Beast slash highlight Mm -hmm. and the reason that he is a former member is because of his involvement in the burning sun scandal now we never addressed burning sun on this podcast Mm -hmm. because everything about it is so heavy and deeply upsetting that it just didn't feel it didn't feel like something I wanted to talk about on my nice podcast, you yeah. know? It also didn't feel like something I felt prepared in any way to, like, speak productively on. Like, I didn't feel... We never felt like it was going to add anything to the conversation. We couldn't, like, organize something like that. Right. But... If you don't know anything about this and the conversations this week have led me to believe that a lot of people do not know anything about this mm-hmm. because I'm sure that a huge percentage of people that are talking about K-pop on TikTok all day were not K-pop fans in 2018. So they mm-hmm. like missed Don't this. know about it. Yeah. If you want to know about it, look it up. Um, I've heard people say that the Rotten Mango podcast episode about it. Uh, does cover it very extensively, uh, but the very, very condensed and uh, uh, nicest nicest way Mm -hmm. I can put it without using triggering words, like the quickest and nicest way I can put this is that uh, Sungri from Big Bang owned a club where horrible shit was happening. And while investigating this club, it was discovered that there was a group chat where a bunch of male idols were in this group chat and several of them were illegally filming hidden camera videos of them assaulting women. And some of the other guys in the group chat we're just kikiing along and making jokes and egging on the behavior. Young Jun Hyung was one of the egger honors. Mm-hmm. So he did not serve any jail time because he was a witness in the trial for the ones that did. Mm-hmm. But he did immediately have to go to the military and he was removed from Highlight by the other Highlight members. Because if mm-hmm. you remember, when they left Cube... They became their own company. Yeah. So his other members who had been with him for a decade were like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of him and he had to go to the military and everyone thought that he had disappeared. That was the and end was of that guy. Mm-hmm. So very upsetting to see. To see this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because 
of like, so what many the fuck? reasons. Yeah. For so many reasons. <laughs> but like, what the fuck? Um, and at first, my feelings about this were just like pure anger. Like, I was just so angry. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Um, especially because, and not that it would have been that different, but it would have been like, I guess one thing if like, you know, dispatch caught her out with him and was like, they're dating and like, oh, it's a rumor and maybe Mm -hmm. it's not true. And maybe they're just hanging out, which is like, still gross. But that she chose to put this out there as if people would be supportive of it. Is just so baffling to me. Mm. And especially because, like, as the days have gone on, like, apparently, like, all the dispatch paparazzi people or whatever have been saying that, like, ev- like they have been seen together a lot of times since November. Mm. And so people knew about this, but, like, didn't even want to talk about it because they were like, I don't want to fucking touch this. Oh, wow. But then, but November is three <laughs> <Wait>. months ago. <laughs> Even Dispatch didn't want to report it. Like, that's why. Okay, that's its own thing. That's its own wild thing. Okay, so since November. But that's only like three months ago. So, like, mm-hmm. what possesses you to, like, publicly hard launch a three-month relationship with somebody who is so persona non grata with the general public mm-hmm. just doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it yeah. I no, I agree. It does not make sense, especially within the context of her previous public relationship and like being one of the only idols, the only idol to like be so public about her relationship to then make this choice. I don't know. And I, I yeah, I don't know. So Like, as the days have been going on, I have just been feeling so, so, so many things. And it's, I guess, interesting that in over 10 years of being a K-pop fan that I'm still experiencing new shit. Um, But, like, idols that I love, I've experienced idols that I love dying too many times now. Like, Mm. too many times. But this is my first experience with, like dead to me Mm. like ooh, heavy it's (laughs) (laughs) no but no totally fair (laughs) like i'm just feeling like such deep confusion over Mm. this behavior not matching the person that i thought that i knew Mm. and feeling like immediately defensive over all of the like snark that I've seen and all of the like well this is why you don't idolize idols Mm. kinds of comments which feels shitty because I know that I would I'm the kind of person who's made those comments about other people before Mm -hmm. sure you know like I know I've said on this show a million times like we don't actually know these people Mm -hmm. and like you can't trust them you don't know them sure but for whatever fucking reason like this is not a person that I ever, expected. I just never expected her to do me like this. And sure. I, for whatever reason, thought that I did know her. Mm. And like, just trying to grapple with that level of like, 
I don't know. I feel like I don't have a lot of words for a lot of the things that I'm feeling, but like, it's very, it's just like really hard to think about because it's also feeling like this is not the kind of scandal that I think is going to blow over. Mm. Like this does not feel like a, oh, she said something rude. She did something insensitive. She can apologize and go away for a few months and then all will be well. Mm -hmm. Like, this feels like cur- like career ending and legacy smashing, mm. which is also just like so hard for me to grapple with. Like, all like as a she- fan. Yes. Like mm-hmm. all that she has like done for K-pop and whatever. Like, is that like literally ruined now? Mm. And it kind of feels like it might be. And I, I, whatever, like, oh, it's her personal life. It doesn't have anything to do with her career. But, like, the way that the public views you is, like, more than half of what being an idol is. That's true. And I think if she is in a genuine relationship with this person who was a part of something that, like, we can all agree is horrifically evil and gross. Doesn't that say something about like her own moral character that she's, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I know. And it, the- it just colors. It just makes you think about like, Oh, well, what kind of person would like be okay with that? Yes. And that's like another part that I'm kind of struggling with is just like, a lot of like guilt and shame almost for like being so into this person mm-hmm. because like Hyuna was my and even saying was is getting yeah. choked up right now like my idol in the most way that somebody could be mm-hmm. like so much of my like identity as a fangirl and honestly some of my personality is like wrapped up in her like Mm. I bought clothes because she would wear them I cut my hair when she cut her hair like I said I said on this podcast before that like I felt like we were soulmates and that like I thought about I thought about her every day and like some crazy part of me thought that like she knew that like When I thought nice things and cheered her on, like, she knew that out there somebody cared. And, like, I truly, the amount of time in the past 10 years I have spent, like, thinking about this person is immeasurable. And I can't, like, I'm having such a hard time, like, grappling with, like, just looking at all of it. Hmm. Because... I didn't love her because I thought that she was, like, a perfect person. I saw Mm -hmm. her as a deeply flawed person. I, like, always did. Mm -hmm. And, like, loved her not only despite of but because of her flaws. And now that's making me feel, like, very guilty. Like, Mm. should I have seen this? Like, was I excusing things that she's always done? as like quirky personality flaws or as like or excusing it as like she had a weird childhood and grew up 
like too fast and like mm. maybe never really grew up at all because she was an idol at 13 and like um yeah like making excuses for her but also like i i think that truly deep down i thought that she had like a good heart mhm and this is so like this just feels so yucky that i can't i like can't even I don't know how to merge those two things in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like this person that I thought that I knew and who she is showing herself to be by mm -hmm. making this choice. And like, there's a chance that like she wasn't this person a year ago and maybe she's just lost it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I don't know because I don't know her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know her and I never did know her. And it's all like, it's crazy and I'll move on to another point because I'm going in circles now but like I had a list of all of these things because I'm feeling I'm still feeling a very very strong desire to like defend and protect her hmm. like not defend this particular action because I do not defend this I think this sucks so bad mm -hmm. that she's dating someone so horrible but because of this, that means that people bring up a whole bunch of other unrelated mm. stuff. Yeah. And my, like, instinct after so long of being, like, her number one cheerleader, like, I want to defend that. Yeah. And be like, here's why you're wrong. And I had all these rants to be like, here's why you're all wrong about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I was, like, laying awake last night, like, not sleeping. And, like, I started, like, therapizing myself and being my own therapist and being like, why is it that you're having such a strong reaction to this? Like, why is it making you so angry? And I think it's just because I do, like, I feel attacked. Mm. And that's my own thing that I got to work through. But, like, if people are saying, like, now I'm viewing her through this lens and maybe she was always icky. Mm. Like, I my, like, gut emotional reaction is like, so you think I'm icky? Yeah. Like, because I tied myself so so closely to this person that, like, now that she's getting shit, I feel like I'm getting shit. Mm -hmm. And I've got to, like, fucking figure that out myself. And I understand mm -hmm. that this is all very parasocial and very crazy. <laughs> but I have to believe that there are people out there that, like, understand what I am feeling right now. Mm -hmm. <sighs> but... The amount of misinformation is kind of crazy making and there are like a couple of things that I do feel like I have to shut down like not in defense of Hyuna but in defense of other people. Okay. And one is that people have got to stop talking about Guhara. Mm. She has absolutely, absolutely nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with this. this. But the reason that I I've seen like so many TikToks because Hara and Jun Hyung may have, it was rumored that they were dating like way back when Kara mm. and Beast were still active. Like maybe they dated for a minute. I don't know. It was, mm. I don't think it was ever official. But the narrative that I keep seeing in these like headline grabbing TikToks are like Hyuna dating her dead best friend's ex boyfriend. Oh. And I do not like that at all because they a, they were not best friends. Hyuna didn't have friends. Mm -hmm. That's like a thing that mm -hmm. I like used to think was a weird, quirky personality trait. And now I'm viewing differently. But she doesn't mm. fucking have friends. Her and Hara did a show together once when they were teenagers. And maybe they were close that year. 
but she doesn't keep people around her. So like they were not best friends. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that element of it. And like, ugh, just leave Guhara out of it. She mm -hmm. has nothing to do with this. I don't like it. Yeah. I also don't like how much everyone is talking about Don. He also has nothing to do with this. Yes. Like the amount of snarky TikToks I have seen about how she, quote, ruined his career are really pissing me off because what? she didn't ruin his career. Absolutely not. If we are talking about him getting kicked out of Pentagon, that was Cube's doing, A, because Cube kicked them out over mm -hmm. a relationship that Cube absolutely knew was happening. Yep. They had to have known it was happening because I knew it was happening and <laughs> I was just a person watching the videos that they were putting out on YouTube. Yeah. They knew. And also, we don't know. Like, we have no idea what would have happened if Cube had just, like, let him stay in Pentagon. Who knows? Like, would they have been popular or would everyone still have hated it? Like, we don't know. So that's, like, a weird thing to get hung up on. We don't, like, we don't know that. We can't know that. And also, I resent saying that his career has been ruined because it's actually better than it's ever been right yeah. now. Because he wrote an incredible album that was really popular with the general public and charted higher than anything Yana's put out in like six years. Mm, wow. For like months because people love it. So he's fine. And he's in yeah. the military minding his own business. Mm -hmm. And I just hate the amount of like, ooh, woo, poor Don stuff that I've seen because this doesn't have anything to do with him. Sure. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Absolutely. And I can't even touch, I refuse to even touch the conversation that has started about like whether or not their relationship was even like moral or acceptable or whatever in the first place. Not even going to touch it. Don't even want like, no, I'm not doing it. Yep. I'm not doing sure. it. That's fair. I need, get, leave me something. Leave me something. <laughs> I will not. I will not entertain this conversation at all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just been like kind of all over the place just trying to think of like, what, like, what do I do now? Mm. Like, how do I remove the, myself from this gently? Because mm -hmm. I just like have been finding like daily, I am remind daily, hourly, I am reminded of and see things that like I associate with her like just straight up this room I am sitting in right now is covered in pictures of this woman yeah but also like I said there are clothes in my closet that I bought because they're Hyanna clothes mm -hmm. that beautiful sweatshirt that you made me that I love to wear with my yeah. Venus Hyanna can I wear that anymore I don't know. What do I do with all my albums and my photo cards that I spent so much money and time like collecting and working for because they mean so much to me? Like, do I put them away in a drawer? Mm -hmm. I can't sell them. Nobody want like no one's going to want them. Do I want to keep them? What if I do want to keep them? What does it mean? Like, I, and I feel like all... Like, I'm just, I can't even, like, begin to start to real, like, think about how all of my memories are tarnished. Mm. Like, will I ever be, like, can I just listen to Bubble Pop anymore? Like, mm. is Bubble Pop ruined? Yeah. Is everything ruined? Yeah. 
And like, like, can you separate the art and the artist? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And there's also like a part of me that is just sort of feeling like, like nobody understands. And I know that like people do and like people have been through this with like other artists, but all of the conversation that I have seen around Hyuna, like on social media, is from people who like liked one of her songs once and thought she was kind of cool. And so they are being very flippant about being like, fuck her. Like, mm. I don't. But I have yet to see anybody who cared at the level that I do, did, whatever, have anything to say about this. And so like that feels crazy, too is that another part of that defensiveness is me sort of feeling like you shouldn't be allowed to talk about this unless you care like I do. Yeah. Which like isn't true. But like, I don't know. I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling so many things. And like, I don't know. Like, have I wasted a decade of my life getting joy from a person that everyone hates now? And like, what does that mean? I don't like I don't know. I don't have answers for these questions. I'm just like yeah, trying these to are work just this questions shit out in your brain mm-hmm. with myself. And I've been talking a lot. Do you have anything to say? Well, I do just want to <laughs> add that like I feel like you shouldn't guilt yourself for feeling joy like having gotten joy out of her, her previous like anything. Because you didn't know. And like, I think that there's no, you're already feeling so many things that are big and challenging and hard to like work through. And so adding that layer of guilt is like an unnecessary additional burden. So try not to guilt yourself over liking somebody that, like you said, you truly like didn't know that much about as a real person. And like, Maybe she, the Hyanna from a year ago, wouldn't have made this decision. Like, who knows? Like, maybe she's just very, very unwell right now. Like, maybe we do, you know, yeah. a thousand different maybes. But like, the only thing you can control at this point, and I think this goes with for like anyone that ever feels like betrayed by somebody that they're such a fan of. Like, the only thing you can control now is what you're doing moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, some of the ways that you were talking about it made me think of like the betrayal that a lot of people felt when J.K. Rowling came out being so transphobic. Right. And like, you know, people have like so many queer people have like Harry Potter tattoos and they're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like mm-hmm. are all of these memories and all of these things and all the joy that I got from it tainted? And I think like not necessarily, you know, like you can maybe maybe both things can be true that like this you got a lot of joy out of this thing when you loved it for what you thought it was. And maybe it wasn't always that thing, but the love you had for it is still real. And like maybe you won't enjoy it the same way moving forward, but it doesn't have to take away from the love you had for it in the past. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. (laughs) I like, I don't know. I think I needed to hear that Mm -hmm. because I do think that like, I don't know. I think it goes with all things on the internet, like not just K-pop, but people like love, 
love jumping on a cancel train. Mm-hmm. True, um, true. And they make everything seem so, like, so big and mm-hmm. so important. World ending. Yes. And, like, again, not that her, I do not approve of her dating this man. I think that it's awful. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, I get, like, I guess it's okay if I don't want to burn my albums. But people make it seem like if you are not immediately jumping to burn your albums, then mm-hmm. you are also the worst person in the world. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of a yucky canceled train sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very unproductive. Like, all you're doing is just, like, yelling at other people. And, like, they who are ultimately not at fault for whatever happened. Um, And like, you know, if you keep that album, that's not still like putting money in her pocket. Like she already, you already paid for it. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you're thinking of it on a pure, like, are you supporting this person? Like financially, not anymore. And like publicly, not anymore. Like what more can you do? Right. Right. I don't know. It's not, it's not, ultimately your responsibility or anybody else's aside from the people making those choices like to make up for it and she maybe can't yeah but that's her burden to bear true true yeah it's just very I don't know man it's just a bummer it's just like it's I think that's the best way I can get like is that it's just a bummer. bummer and I I don't want it to be I think I'm just in a particular dark moment right now. But like Mm -hmm. a part of me started wondering, like, is this it? Like, is this a turning point for me? Like, Mm. is this like the end of my like fan K-pop fangirl journey? Like, I still I love doing this show and I love like studying K-pop as a piece of academia. Like, Mm -hmm. I love it. But, like, just looking right here next to me, I have this two-story, like, locker, this two-tiered locker that is absolutely covered in pictures of, like, all of my biases. And I'm, like, looking at all of them now and being, like, I don't know. Like, can I trust any of you? Do I know Mm. any of you? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel this has been, like, truly, truly world-shaking to me. Mm. And, like, I hate to put it this way, like, sorry for a slight misandry alert, but, like, I think when you stand boys, you have, there's always that, like, part of you that's, like, they might, like, be a man. They're still uh, The worst kind Mm. and, like, really blow this for me. Sure. But I, I didn't think that Hyuna would ever do anything that would make me, like... Be, change want, be, like yes, rethink everything would, exactly yeah. mm-hmm. i didn't expect it from her i just didn't expect it from her like yeah. at all so that's like i don't know i like again i hope that i just like work through this grief and like shake it off and it's all okay but like i'm in a dark moment right now mm. and so i just needed to like share that on the one platform that i have because i know and thank you like a lot of people in the discord were like deeply concerned for me mm. <laughs> because you all know if you listen to the show you like yeah you know where i stood mm-hmm. as a hyona fan yeah and you know what we love so 
I think that's all that I have to say. I don't, I think I, I think I like, I think I got it out. Like I said, I had everything you wanted to touch on. I had a lot of rants planned, but I recognize (laughs) that like, that is just me trying to like defend my own fandom. But like you said, like, I didn't, that, that Hyanna was like a different person. And again, that is something that I have to try to figure out mm-hmm. and it's going to be a process but yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to share that because I know that like in the time that we've had this podcast like a whole bunch of idols have done like unforgivably fucked Despicable up things, things and a lot of people that was their that, that was their ultimate bias and they have yeah. probably felt the way that I feel right now so I just wanted to like well there you go there's a upsetting thing for my k-pop fan bingo card yeah (laughs) oh no uh yeah just an absolute bummer but I think you I think you did a good job touching on everything and I think you're absolutely right that you're definitely not the only person who's experienced this kind of like heartbreak over you know something that someone that you were a fan of um so I think I'm glad that you could process it all with us thank you thank you for letting me do so always that's what this show's here for it's for us (laughs) uh well we're gonna take a quick little break and then so I can shake this off and then we'll come back and talk about what we are gonna talk about today Okay, we are back. And what we're going to talk about this week is an episode that we've like kind of joked about doing for Mm -hmm. years and years. So the title of it is probably Erased from the SM Timeline. Because when we went to the SM Museum at the COEX RTM, all of the groups in this one room where like all the groups that were active had like a wall Mm -hmm. and there was a timeline going across the top of their wall of all their memorabilia that would have like the releases. Mm -hmm. But we thought it was very funny that the TVXQ one skipped six years. It was like they debuted and then keep your head down came out. It was just like, okay. Just a whole chunk missing. And the exo wall too had like whole chunks just missing. So we constantly joked that there were like, you know, this secret vault of information that had just been erased from the SM timeline. And there was like a very big, like dark room where a video was playing and it had like a longer timeline on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it had like at least one little SES mention and there was like some other stuff on it. So I've always wondered about the SM timeline as a whole. Yeah. And this strangely came up I was watching the TVXQ Amazing Saturday last weekend, which was so fun, by the way. <laughs> um, and their first song was Guilty. It was Taming Guilty. Mm. But before they introduced it, Boom was like, so one, the song is an SM song. So like Key and, and Taeyeon and like TVXQ, get ready. It's an SM song. And one of the older guys was like, is it a song? By one of the guys that we're going to talk about today. Oh, wow. And everybody was like, huh? And he was like, he was SM. Don't you remember? He was SM. (laughs) 
So like that's what I wanted to see. Talk even about. the SM artists don't know they've been so completely erased. <laughs> so I just kind this of wanted for everyone to know their history. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of wanted to find some people through the SM timeline that like at least international fans probably haven't heard of or don't remember. Yeah. It's, there's a very good chance that a lot of these people made a lot of impact at home and people still remember them but like they don't come up as often when someone's like listing sm groups yeah. throughout history um and just a preface we will not be talking about milk because we have played their one and only song <laughs> in the random game and covered their only sm songs on their sm town seasonal, seasonal albums, albums. Uh, same for Shinvi because they were only a group for one year and they were yeah. covered in our short-lived groups episode, which was exactly, it was one, 168, which is exactly 100 episodes ago. Almost like we planned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're also not going to talk about Blackbeat or Shinwa because they are currently coming up a lot in our um, flashback episodes and they will for the next couple. So like, I feel like they're getting their moment and obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. the Shinwa deep dive will come someday. Absolutely. Yeah. There's and I don't think there. people forget Shinwa. But just saying. People definitely don't forget Shinwa. <laughs> and I also know that at the very least, like, A, we have talked about Blackbeat before. B, like you said, they're coming up in the flashback episodes. And C, the Blackbeat members are currently, like, vocal directors at SM. So the <laughs> idols of SM know who Blackbeat is. Yeah. So we can, they'll, they're around. We're yeah. talking about people that, like, when we scrolled through the former artists list, we said, who the fuck are they? Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so here is a little quick uh, crash course, like not full deep dive timelines, but little crash courses into nine different people and groups that existed in SM's history that maybe you haven't heard of. Love it. So first, we're going to start with Hyun Jin Young, who we did talk about in episode 178, which was our Establishing Artists mm. episode, where we talked about the first... Yeah. group at every company so hyunjin young he like grew up in the u.s or he grew up near the u.s army base in yeah. south korea so he like learned how to rap but this would be like late 80s rapping so this is you know like it's a different kind of rapping true <laughs> true true but Lee Suman cast him to be the very first artist. So in April of 1990, he debuted in a kind of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch group mm -hmm. called Hyunjin Young and Wawa. Yeah. Which I can only assume Wawa refers to the two backup dancers that he's usually with. They don't appear to like vocalize on any of the tracks, but he's always got at least two guys in matching suits behind him. Yes. So his debut singles were called Sad Mannequin and Sexy Lady. And here's Sad Mannequin. So you can't you can't hear it in the clip, but trust me, he's got all the moves. If you watch this video, like he has all the 1990 moves like 
All of yeah, them. He does. He does. He's also wearing like a white MC hammer suit. Uh-huh. And like I said, he has two guys behind him and they're just doing like a lot of like repetitive footwork and then he like jumps up and then like lands in a full plank and he does one of those like Michael Jackson or like uh um Brown James Brown like splits where oh, you yes. like get back pop up back up yeah 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 <laughs> he's really he's really giving it <laughs> he's giving it his all and a fun fact is that the Wawa members were like couple a couple of different people mm-hmm. but as happens with a lot of people the Wawa members went on to be groups like Klon and Deuce and Sean from Jinyushan. Wow. So there are other like first gen Wawa. idols as An Wawa. opening, like a, a, a gateway. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So Hyunjin Young released a second album in 92 and a third one in 93 to pretty decent success. And he has a song called Go Jin Young Go. <laughs> Uh, so this song is considered an immortal classic and I realized as listening to it now that in the I want to say 2001 flashback episode Sex Kiss Un Jiwon released his own version of this that goes Go Jiwon Go Jiwon oh. Go I think you're right. I listened to it and like, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, But unfortunately, all of this was pretty short lived for Hyunjin Young because he got busted for doing meth. Wah, and he was wah. banned from all entertainment. Uh, he re- he returned 10 years later in 2002 with an album that was all about don't do drugs sure (laughs) and then he apparently released a jazz album in 2006 nice um and since 2017 he's been a college professor so he did find another career good for him um and as we stated in the establishing artist episode Arguments have been made, which I think are pretty strong arguments based on watching these videos, that Jin Young brought hip-hop to Korea before, so Taiji did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, chronologically, he came out first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was the first solo artist at SM. Wonderful. Now, this is going to be a total, total change in vibe. But the next person to debut at SM is called Han Dong Jun. And he was born in 1964 and originally debuted in like a folky trot group mm-hmm. that was called Noregurim, which as far as I can tell means like song drawing, mm. or like song painting, something okay. like that. And they debuted in 86. But then he debuted solo at SM in 1991 with a ballad called Just Because You Are In This World. I love ballads like this. I really do. (laughs) 
Um, so Han Dong Jun like played acoustic guitar and like all of the live stages you can find of him, he's holding the guitar and mm-hmm. playing the guitar, but you can't ever hear it in the mix, <laughs> which is very confusing. It's just a prop actually. Yeah. Um, he's just pretending. Yeah. I thought this was interesting because, uh, it marks like the first in a few, people on this list that it, I like to call just some guy because there is absolutely no attempt at idol idolfication for uh-uh. Han Dong Jun. Like he is just a dude barefaced in a flannel with like nerdy wire rim glasses and like shaggy greasy hair in his face. Like they don't even really look like they made him like shower before he came right. on stage. <laughs> He's just but he has like a beautiful voice so he just like sits and like sings. And it's just so funny to see that, like, because SM is known for these, like, perf, the idol, like, standard. And so, like, this is where we began. And I think that's pretty funny. Because you know what? We're doing, we're doing, uh... The substance over the style, right? It's mm-hmm. got to come first. It's still a good, great voice, great songwriter, something. Yes. And I don't know if I wrote it later in the timeline, but I did like read that the reason that there were a couple of these like folky ballad singers in the early days of SM is because Lee Suman was a folky ballad mm. singer and yeah, he had a soft true. spot for it. So like he was Makes just sense. like debuting these people that he liked even though it didn't like go Make with a lot the of shiny image he'd yeah. eventually mm-hmm. get yeah 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 um so Han Dong Jun only released one album under SM but then four altogether in his career his biggest hits there's all the, all the titles are like the same love you mm-hmm. pledge of love which is apparently a very popular wedding song heart full of love Great. Like, these are all his great Gotta songs. have love in there somewhere. Uh-huh. And he wrote a song called I Love You, But. So this song was sung by another artist named Kim Gwan Sok, and it was released in September of 91. And this song is so popular to sing on singing competition shows because mm-hmm. it has that like big old scoop into that like yeah, long yeah, held yeah. note that if you can do it, it's very impressive. And I found a version of Infinite Sung Q singing it on a show called Duet Song Festival that's gorgeous. So look that up if you want to see I something I put it beautiful. in the YouTube playlist <laughs> for this episode and I watched the whole thing. It gave me chills. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So it's included. <laughs> uh, Han Dong Jun formed a singing duo that was called Uncle, not Cute. Sam Chun. Uncle. uncle, like the English word <laughs> <Yes>. Uncle, <laughs> uh, with another singer called Kwan Hyukjin in 1998, and they released one album, uh, and they both had guitars Great. in their stages, double, double guitars. Uh, He has been a radio DJ since the early 2000s and has been hosting a show called Han Dong Jun's FM Pops on CBS Music Radio since 2007. Wow. So he's a very, very long time DJ. Yeah. So like 15 years or more. Impressive. So 
There you go. That's Han Dong Jun. Love it. Next, same year, we have Kim Kwang Jin. He was born in 1964, and he was attending Yonsei University to get a degree in like business economics, mm. but he dreamed of being a singer. And so he participated in a bunch of the like song festival contests at his college and eventually won the Yonsei University 100th Anniversary School Song Festival. What a prestigious win, one to win. So he joined SM when he wrote Just Because You Are In This World. So the debut song for the last guy that we just played, he wrote that song. Interesting. Interesting. SM has a good track record for finding like quality quality songwriters who write for great vocalists and then just like keeping them around for a little while yeah so he got to release his own debut album which was called virgin flight gross which is a funny first (laughs) album title in october of 91 and his first single was called one step closer Yeah, I kind of like this song. It's like, it gives a little bit like Billy Joel or something. It's kind of fun. And also it was making me think of the Beach Boys um, yeah. in like the kind of like happy-go-lucky, like laid back feel of it all. But again, just some fucking guy, like nerd <laughs> in glasses with an oversized suit. And I was a little bit surprised, it, like this guy being the third you know, just some dude on a on the list. The first two guys are really good singers. And I would argue that this guy is not like, yeah, maybe not as strong as the other two, for sure. Definitely not as strong. Like his voice felt a little it's just so much lighter and like a little bit weak. Um, But yeah, if he wrote these, then well done. So (laughs) Apparently, the album Virgin Flight was a failure. Oh, because, well, on that note. <laughs> because Shin Sung Hoon. You who can't sing up, and your album flopped. <laughs> yeah. And it reportedly flopped because, as we've spoken about in many of the flashback episodes, the ballad singer Shin Sung Hoon mm. was, could not be beaten sure. for like 15 years. Like, it was always him. So, like, you know, you couldn't. You couldn't beat Shin Sung Hoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this album failed, he uh, started working as a music critic. Mm. And then he got a job at Samsung, which he reportedly kept throughout the rest <laughs> of his music career. Because in 1994, he formed a duo called The Classic with a man named Park Young Joon, who had played piano on his debut album. Okay. Their debut song, which is called The Magic Castle, was a huge hit. So 
This al album sold 1.3 million copies, which in the 90s was a, a lot. ton. <laughs> Uh, and was featured in a Samsung commercial. Helps to have connections. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so he went on to release five albums with and as the classic and resumed his solo career in 1998. Uh, and he wrote a lot of popular songs for other ballad artists. Mm. His Melon Page had... 304 composition credits though some of those songs are listed over 25 times because mm. these types of ballad songs are often re-released on oh, collections yeah, yeah, yeah. osts or covered by other artists so i couldn't tell exactly how many songs he wrote but the ones that he did have been remade dozens and mm. dozens of times all right he writes a classic yeah but then he went back to his first love, which is economics, because in 2011, he became an economics radio show host and has written books about economics and investments. Wow. Right? Ja a renaissance man. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to like have a whole career where you're like a famous ballad singer and you're like a smart money guy who writes like yeah. money books? And he... I guess at certain points was doing both at the same time. Yeah, right? <laughs> Talk about exercising both sides of your brain. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All okay. right, I'm excited to talk about this next yes. one. This next one is super interesting in so many ways. So the next group on the list is called Tin Tin Five. And this started as a five-member group of comedians mm -hmm. who were on the SBS gag show Laughter Heaven. And gag shows in Korea are like um, kind of similar to like an SNL, like sketches and just like mm -hmm. goofing around. You know, it's a comedy show. Yeah. So they sang like little funny songs, but with actual quality acapella. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so fun and then that I love it and in that clip that we just played one of them was sitting on a horse yep and the other one and it honestly like took me they're all dressed like jockeys with the like silly little velvet helmets and it honestly took me a while to realize that it was a real horse and not just like a mannequin horse um, it's very still it's very well behaved <laughs> so these guys were getting really popular for these funny acapella segments on their gag show. So SM decided to release a full album for them in 1993. So their first album, Tin Tin Five, had a title <laughs> track called Some Days. <laughs> There was also a second title track called or a second single called I'm Just Saying to You that they did on music shows. But what disappointed me so much is that these songs are not a cappella at all. In fact, yeah. that whole chorus is them kind of yell singing in unison and mm -hmm. dancing around like H.O.T. Yeah. So my first thought was boo. 
Because this is not what we got famous for, Tintin 5. Yeah, it's not what we got famous for, <laughs> SM, cough, cough. <laughs> right. And also that I'm Just Saying to You song is so fucking flat that it was quite honestly painful to listen to. And I was mm-hmm. like, these are not the same people who were singing that five-part right? harmony in the acapella on the horse. Like, what happened to those guys? So... Kind of two thumbs down for SM version of 1010.5. I Not fully gonna lie. Agree. Fully agree. Um, but there was some drama because before their second album came out in 1995, one of the members named Hong Rookie left mm. and was replaced by two different guys. The first one was fired very quickly for, quote, being pretentious. Hilarious. <laughs> and then the other replacement stayed till the end. But it was revealed on some kind of variety show in 2009 by Hong Roki that the members all had like beef with each other and beef. that he had left due to, quote, the sweet temptation of another broadcasting station. <laughs> because I think we've talked about this before, but like most entertainers in Korea are like loyal to a station mm-hmm. and like they work at kbs or they work at sbs or whatever mm-hmm. so i think he got called to a different station but he said later that he felt sorry about leaving well <laughs> <laughs> so tintin five released an album every five years after that mm. in 2000 2005 and 2010 And the 2000 album actually proved quite successful with their single called Get Your Head Off Your Head. Now, I'm pretty, I'm not positive, but I do feel like we talked about this episode, this song in the 2000 episode because mm. it felt familiar as soon as I heard it. But also it's just a very 2000 song. So who knows? Uh, but this song got up to number 10 on the Inky Gaio chart, which was a very big deal considering that they had been gone for five years and other the popularity of other groups at mm-hmm. the time. So that was cool for Tintin 5. But again, you listen to that song and you would never guess that these people that got famous started, for singing yeah. good. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. They just really leaned into like the comedy aspect of it and like left the actual quality compositions behind, yeah, which is too bad. Vocals behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad. Feels um, antithetical to what SM's all about, but okay. So in 2009, it was revealed that one of the members, Lee Dong-woo, had been steadily going blind due to a degenerative eye disease. And the other members knew about this and had been keeping it a secret for years, like even from the guy's wife, like the group were the only people who knew this dude was going blind. That's wild. But in 2010, they released an EP called Five Men, Five Stories, and it had features from other actors and comedians, including a track with FX. Love it. I was just excited to see that because I feel like I haven't. Any mention of FX is a good one. 
And also Lee Dong-woo, the member who was ill, did a solo on this album. Mm. And all of the proceeds from this album went to a charity that helped with the specific eye disease that he was suffering from. Um, And this group has been inactive since this album in 2010, but SM never officially announced a disbandment and like kept them on their website for a really long time. Hmm. So they might have just let that quietly dissolve. But it feels like the kind of thing that maybe if they were like, can we make another album? Well, maybe if Lee Suman was still around, he would let them. But But maybe not now. now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they've all moved on with their lives. Yes. Okay, next on the list is somebody who is absolutely not forgotten Mm-mm. in the world of K-pop, but maybe people don't remember his time as an artist as well. Yes. Perhaps. And this is Yu Young Jin. And Yu Young Jin was born in 1971. And after he finished his military service, he started auditioning for a bunch of different entertainment companies. And he sent a CD of some songs that he had written to Lee Suman, who called him up and said, are there any more songs? (laughs) So he debuted with SM in 1993 with his first album called Blues and Rhythm. And the lead single is called Your Scent. Ooh la la. I love this beret. I literally, <laughs> my notes say another guy in glasses now with beret. <laughs> also, these like dramatic modern dancers in the back are so funny in their equally ill-fitting suits. All giving it like a different percentage <laughs> of energy. Like kicking Just so slow skipping. <laughs> <laughs> so this song which does slap uh it does it does it was later mentioned by singers like kim bum su and we sung as being really really influential to them as Mm. singers which totally makes sense because the way that the crooning just like builds to be like ideal and then there's a fucking sax solo in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so smooth. It's wonderful. And an artist like Kim Bumsu in particular, I'd be like, yeah, that made you want to sing. I can see like a little baby him just like wailing it. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so he released another solo album in 1996. And the second single, which is called Your Illusion, is quite different, as you may hear. So, yeah, this song is so much more dancier and it has rapping. And in the video, in the playlist, he's wearing like a tight, shiny shirt 
and sunglasses and like mm-hmm. baggy leather pants. And it's very, it's very different. He's not yeah. crooning anymore. No, we have the idolification of the just some guy with glasses. Uh-huh. Like now <laughs> they're sunglasses and he's got shiny pants on and shiny clothes. Um, and he's, you know, bopping around instead of just standing and singing. But honestly, I thought this version was also fun. Like, yeah. You know what? No, he's good. Yeah. But also, I think part of that lyric is shake your boom boom, which is just very. Sure. (laughs) Uh, So Yoo Young Jin released one more solo album in 2001, and some of his other solo songs have appeared in many of those SM Town seasonal collections, Mm -hmm. as previously discussed on the show. But the main part of his career is his career as a producer, which started in 1997 when he wrote We Are the Future Mm -hmm. and all the other songs on H.O.T.'s second album, Wolf and Sheep. Yeah. And this, like, launched him in, like, this is what, like, made him a forever SM staple. Like, Mm -hmm. it is Kenzie and it is Yoo Young Jin and that is what SM is. Yeah. And we have, like, if you're somebody who has listened to a ton of episodes of this show, you probably recognize the name Yu Young Jin because in every single deep dive we've done that involves an SM artist, which is like 90% of our deep dives, <laughs> um, <laughs> you will have heard the name Yu Young Jin over and over and over again. So he is the creator of what is known as SMP. Mm-hmm. or SM Music Performance, which we talked a bit about in the TVXQ deep dive. Mm-hmm. But this is the like traditional SM music production style, which is mixing different sounds and genres with energetic dance performance and a dark and solemn atmosphere, metaphysical lyrics, maximized vocal presence, and a usually rock-based arrangement. Mm-hmm. But... It has a bunch of like subversions. Yeah. There's authentic SMP, transitional SMP, neo SMP, and like yeah. other. But it's that kind of, it's just that like, like I read a huge long Korean Wikipedia entry about like what SMP is. And it was just a lot of like, I don't know, jerking off. Like it's a very like <laughs> undefinable thing. Like adjectives, but it's what we know of and describe as like that quote unquote SM sound. Yes, it's just like you it's know what when SM you hear produces. It. Yeah. Um, and there are truly so few SM albums that don't that don't even uh, how do I phrase this? That don't have at least one song. At least one. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's yeah, yeah. all over this like not even group stuff like when sm artists do solo albums like mm-hmm. he's all over it um and his i can't even begin to start listing all of his incredible hits like we've talked about doing like because we did the kenzie version because mm-hmm. girls ladies first but if we tried to do the Yu young jin version of the producer deep dive it would be insane <sighs> yeah but just a few of his mega hits, just to give you a small list. He wrote SES, I'm Your Girl, Shinwa Perfect Man, Merotic, Sorry Sorry, I Got a Boy, Replay, Bad Boy, Baby Don't Stop, Next Level, mm-hmm. all the Super M songs. Like, 
everything and that like that list right there just was every single generation of sm idol groups so you can see that he's like so at the core of all of this but doing a specific like producer spotlight on him not saying it's out of the question for us to ever do but it would probably be something we'd have to make a two-parter because of just the sheer um volume of music he's made Mm -hmm. he has over 450 credits listed on his melon page wild and This isn't officially listed or credited anywhere as to him being an SM vocal coach, Mm. but as a fan (laughs) of SM artists through all of the time in which he was there, I do feel like he had an influence on the singing style at SM, Like especially if he's writing these songs and if he's the one singing the demos and stuff, Mm. like I do think that his like r&b vocal style like did influence the way that a lot of people at sm sing absolutely especially if he's one of the main producers on these tracks as well he's gonna be the one choosing like the edits and like the ultimate like final piece Mm -hmm. so i definitely think he has maybe one of the biggest influences at sm because so much of the music is directly tied to him Mm -hmm. so in 2023 during the very crazy like lee suman's nephew trying to oust him from the company dispute Mm -hmm. yu young jin took lee suman's side 1000 percent and was like if he goes i go um so it was suspected that he did finally leave sm after 27 years damn But in September of last year, he was still listed on their website as a director at SM. So nobody really knows. Um, I don't know. I didn't check if he's had any more recent writing credits on that. But he could have written things before then. So I don't know. I don't know what the fate of Yoo Young Jin and SM is at this moment. Um, But he was loyal to Lee Suman. So Hmm. I would guess that means he might be done. Because that nephew really doesn't have any (laughs) he doesn't like that yeah 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 yeah. he's not trying to keep the loyalists around right (laughs) in the game of thrones kind of way yeah exactly anyone who was loyal new regime baby (laughs) um yeah so that's you young jin he's so important he's written so many bangers he's a hero yeah respect respect Uh, all right, next on our list, we have another entry in the Just Some Guy yep. category. <laughs> <laughs> so this some guy is named Lee Ji-hoon, and he was born in 1977, and he debuted in 1996 when he was still a senior in high school, and his debut album was called Rhythm Paradise, and the lead single is called Why the Sky. Uh, so this song won five music show trophies and he won five different rookie awards at the end of 1996 um but then he joined sm in 2001 like five Mm -hmm. years later within and they released an album in february of 2001 called special with and the lead single was a duet 
with Xinhua member Shin Hyesung, mm-hmm. and it's called Doll. So Doll was a pretty big hit. And it won three music show trophies. And we talked about its super weird music video in the 2001 episode. Because there is a life-size woman doll in the music video. And it's so fucking unnerving. It's very upsetting. (laughs) Never forget. (laughs) Hashtag never forget. (laughs) mm -mm. Nope. So then in 2003, SM added former HOT member Kongta to this duo and they were rebranded as simply s like okay lee jihoon doesn't even have an s in his name right whatever and their first (laughs) single called i swear won four music show trophies and we also covered it in last year's flashback episode but it sounds like this Yeah, so that was S, I swear. And then I saw that they did reunite in 2014 and released a single called Autumn Breeze under SM. Um, And it has like a nice music video and they like look more grown up or whatever, but Mm. they like still are just singing in suits. (laughs) Um, But Lee Ji-hoon has since his time in S or whatever has become like a very busy jack-of-all-trades entertainer Mm. like he released two more solo albums under different companies has filmed 14 dramas and five movies and appeared in 31 musicals that's so many musicals and as like the lead like and not as a chorus member yeah yeah, yeah. the fucking lead and i noticed like one that i noticed was that he was in that excalibur one with oh with dk Wow, the Baskin and Robbins of Broadway. Yeah, and he's also sang uh, like 19 OST songs. So like he, of most of the people on this list, like really busy. managed to keep an entertainment career rocking. Yeah, so, so busy. Good for Lee Chi Hoon. Okay, next on the list <laughs> is Jung Nara. Our very first lady on the list. Oh my God, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Wow. Boy heavy list, which Boy is accurate list. of SM. True. But you'd think also in the timeline of SM that there would be more forgotten ladies. True. Although we didn't. We did. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, we don't have Milk or The Grace on this list. Or Shinvi. Or um, Shinvi. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's three. Okay. We really only did soloists on this list. There's no like groups. True, because mm-hmm. I think the groups are either more remembered or have come up on the show in other ways that felt like yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about them. Like the okay. milk and the grace. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jung Nara. She was born in 1981 and debuted with SM in 2001 and was so, so popular. Like, I cannot overstate enough how popular this girl was. She even coined something that was called Jangnara Syndrome because everyone was completely obsessed with her. She was making music, 
starring in dramas. She was in every single commercial. And the year 2002 is apparently still known in South Korean pop culture as the year of the World Cup and Jangnara. She was all anybody was talking about. Yeah. So she has a her debut song is called Bury My Face in Tears. Okay. Quickly. Her time period, in her time period with SM, she won 18 music show trophies and countless major awards for her music and her acting. And one source that I saw said that she was at SM till 2008, but only her first three albums are listed as SM Entertainment on Melon and the others say Warner Music Korea. So I'm not sure about that. But the point is just that she is an incredibly famous and important figure in Korean pop culture. And I absolutely love her as an actress. I have seen so many of her dramas. I think that she is a great actress. But after so many flashback episodes on this podcast, I have implemented a no Jangnara policy because she is so terrible. She live. is so <laughs> bad. Like I, I do not understand the phenomenon around her because she cannot sing. Like it is unreal how bad she is live. She's straight up drops out of the high note in that line like she sings the line she sings the words then the backing track takes the high note and then she comes back in for the rest she's flat her voice like drops into this like like she literally can't hold the note for even a beat it's so so baffling to me (laughs) coming from like when I tried to think of everything I know about SM and like why they're like the favorite SM artists are the Mm -hmm. favorites and it's usually because they're really good singers yeah and she (laughs) is so not that yeah but her face is so small don't you see I don't (laughs) I don't Um, But yeah, she just, that one clip is all I can bear to play on this show. But just know that she was the it girl of the early 2000s, like, period. It just. But I also wonder if she now recognizes or, like, knew that she wasn't good and was just, like, getting attention anyway. Because there was this really good drama that she was in. Fuck, what was it called? I can't remember which one it was now. I feel like maybe it had like divorce in the title. I don't know, mm. but the point is is that she played a ma- like a professional matchmaker, but her character had been in an SES style girl group oh. in the early 2000s and they like sometimes used clips of like actual young her on music shows and her character would be like oh my God, I was so bad. Like, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe that that's what, like, she doesn't want people to know that or remember that about her. Yeah. And I wondered how much of that was autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like poking fun at herself. That would be funny. All right. Next up on the list, Chugayol. 
Uh, this guy was born in 1968, and he was an acoustic folk singer who released albums under his real name in the 90s, but they didn't really make an impact. He auditioned at SM in 2001 with an original song and reportedly received a standing ovation from Lee Suman. Wow. Who uh, signed with, so he signed with them that year. And his birth name is Chu Unyol, but was given the stage name by Lee Suman, who was quoted as saying that it was the best stage name he ever came up with. I mean, okay, he named Changmin Max, so I think that that bar is pretty low. Sure. I like try, like, I looked it up and, like, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. But, like, Gayol means, like, heat up, like, heating Mm. up. But I don't know if there's, like, some other awesome pun with the last name that I'm, like, not getting. Like, I'm not sure why he's particularly so proud of Of this this one. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, Chu Gayo's debut song in 2002 is called Is There No One Like Me in Korean, but the English title is Don't Go Away. Hmm. So this song was a pretty big hit among the older crowd Mm -hmm. Uh, because he was 34 at the time of debut and the only like trot singer at SM. Uh, And there are two different music videos for this song. And I do not believe that he is in either because he has like a very small, very round face and does not look at all like Mm -mm. the guys in these music videos. But one is it is, two different guys in the music video, or is I it the same tell. guy in both? I couldn't, I couldn't really tell. tell. Yeah, because he looks like kind of Kangtaish in one, and then in the other, because like his hair is like longer, and like I don't know, maybe they did his makeup differently. And then in the other one, he looks like the person, and it looks very delicate. So I had a hard time figuring out if it was the same actor in both but I think it's an interesting I'm sorry I cut you off but like I think it's such an interesting choice that they chose to have an actor in both because the actor like whether it's the same person in both or not definitely is portrayed as like singing the song and like it seems like from all the comments that I could see that everybody who watches this music video thinks the main character of the music video is the singer. So it yes. did a huge disservice to this guy. I saw a couple of like, how have I never heard of this guy? He's so handsome. Yeah. Because like, that's not him. Mm-hmm, that is not him. But the two music videos are very, very different. One is a guy just like, old-timey microphone stage like just kind of staring straight into the camera like singing the song Mm -hmm. and then the other music video seems to be like telling the story of a man who like is definitely a cross-dresser whether or not he's like trans is like up to interpretation but like there's like he's wearing women's clothes and has like nails and is like looking himself in the mirror. And then mm-hmm. other times he's like dressed like a boy and is like looking at himself in the mirror and feeling mm-hmm. like conflicted about who his true yeah. inner self is, which is interesting for 2002. Also interesting that that's two SM songs that grapple with that idea because yeah, Kanta has, has a full nails, full beat 
music video like that as well. Maybe Lee Suman has some some, some conflicts, <laughs> some yeah, inner maybe. turmoil. Uh, other interesting fact is that like 97% of the comments on both of these music videos are in Russian. And yeah. I want to know what the deal with that is. Like, was the song like huge in Russia? I it translated, I translated so many of them to like try and see if, <laughs> and first of all, Google Translate seems to like really understand Russian. Cause like oh, it was the good. most coherent like <laughs> translations I've seen. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they all, cause I was hoping to see like, oh, I found this from this or like this was the like, I don't know if it was like used in a TV show or like something like that. The best I could find is that like maybe people found it because of Super Junior, but Uh. I don't know because the majority of them were just people in Russian being like, this song is so beautiful. Or like some of them are even like not a day goes by that I don't listen to this song. Like such devotion um, to maybe an artist that they know nothing about. Yeah, that's very interesting. But as you mentioned, the trot version of Super Junior, Super Junior T or whatever they're called, did cover this song in 2007, but it sounds very different. So there you go. Just wanted to play that. So (laughs) for the record, that exists. But like, yeah, that also, I feel like, I mean, it could explain it, but it almost like doesn't explain the Russian comments. Because I, if you heard that version and like liked it, I don't know, it's just like so different from the other Mm -hmm. one. But maybe there's something about the instrumentation or the melody of the original that speaks to like I was gonna say like maybe it just is very Russian. (laughs) Like the, (laughs) the like... Because it's kind of, because it is very folksy and like there's Mm -hmm. kind of a like bolero quality to it and also that kind of like Appalachian like like grief song, you Mm -hmm. know, like um, it made me think of like the the ballad of songbirds and snakes like the kinds mm-hmm. of like storytelling ballads that they tell in like the country or whatever like yeah. and that's the kind of music that i imagine like small towns in russia might make so like maybe there's something there i don't know it's just an yeah. interesting phenomenon when that happens no it is always just <laughs> like so a fascinating little pocket of people that find this one thing like how and why yeah i love it. it we'll never know <laughs> And if you if you're Russian and listening to this and know the answer, please yeah, tell please me. Really tell us, <laughs> please. Dying to know. Uh, so overall, Chugail released six albums under SM uh, until 2012, and he does have a couple of tracks on the SM Town seasonal albums that we have discussed. Mm-hmm. And his Melon page showed the last two. SM Winter albums like SM Express and the Welcome to Kwangya Palace like they're listed on his melon page but I like combed the credits of both of those albums and his name isn't in them so I'm very Hmm. confused about that weird very confused about that uh but he is currently serving as the president of the Korean Music Copyright Association damn (laughs) Yeah, that's like a real, that's a real job. That's a real ass job. (laughs) Way to go. Okay. 
We are coming to our last person on the list. And I'm very excited to talk about this one because this we're talking about a girl named Zhang Liyin. And she came up in, I want to say the winter episode. It doesn't matter. But one of the SM towns, there was a song where she like popped up at the beginning and was like, hi, Merry Christmas. Like everyone Mm -hmm. was introducing themselves. And I was like, who the heck is that? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of her. But then digging in, she did so much stuff. But I guess since it was all like in China, I just kind of didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I, I was think surprised. that like whenever we had come across the duet, which we'll talk about, but that she did with Chen, we hadn't really, like we didn't put two and two together of like who she was or even like registered enough to be like, who is that by the way? And like dig a little deeper, but I have to say like personal favorite on the list. I think this, uh, like I listening to everything that like you found from her, I was like legitimately sad that I like hadn't known of her before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So Lian was born in China in 1989 and was discovered by DR Music in 2001 at a Baby Vox concert. And she signed an eight-year contract with DR Music. But then, in 2003, her mother requested a contract cancellation from DR so that she could focus on her studies. But then she joined SM that exact same month. (laughs) So in 2007, DR Music sued SM for the money that they lost on that canceled contract. Sure, fair. (laughs) Uh, But she debuted in 2006 with a Korean single called Timeless, which features Junsu from TVXQ. Hold time, baby, timeless. And if you are an elder millennial like myself, you may recognize that song (laughs) from the soundtrack of From Justin to Kelly. (laughs) Because that is where that song is from. They sing it on a boat (laughs) out into the water. I think that's so, so, so funny. It's it's endlessly hilarious to me that that song is from from Justin to Kelly. Um, but also content warning for Shiwan in the music video, because that's who it yes. starts. <laughs> but the music video has like a crazy plot. Like it starts with like a full minute of open heart surgery. So Gross. if you don't like surgery, don't look at that. <laughs> but the plot of it, is that as you watch the whole thing, you find out that like Shiwan is a like criminal and Hangang from Super Junior, Super Junior M, is like a cop. Mm. And they get in a dramatic shootout and Siwon shoots and kills Hangang. But then Shiwan has a heart attack and he gets Hangang's heart. Why would... Th- okay, I don't know why they would give the cop... Like, give him the heart of the cop that he shot, but he did. And because he has his heart in his body now, he has, like, memories of Hongang's girlfriend just from getting the heart. And he, like, goes to her and falls in love with the girlfriend because he has his heart. It's wild. Well, that's not how heart transplants work, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the song was pretty popular, and it did win two music show trophies. 
Uh, so then after that, she guested on TVXQ's O tour from 2007 to 2008 and came out and sang the boa part in mm. Triangle. Nice. So she like toured with them to be the like guest feature for that. Um, and then she made her Chinese debut with a Mandarin album in 2008. And this album was pushed back like a bunch of times to the point where it probably seemed like it wasn't going to come out. Mm-hmm. But it did. And the debut single is called I Will. So this song and its B-side, which is called The Left Shore of Happiness, also starred Siwon and Hanging and the same actress from the last music video. But this time they were like, little kids who Mm. grew up to go to be in like the ancient chinese circus together Mm, okay (laughs) period piece but you will find that continuing storylines throughout her music videos is a thing that she does it also seems to be a thing to feature random SM male vocalists because who is singing the note at two minutes and nine seconds? I request that you go and listen to this right now. <laughs> On you, I Will? You, Shannon. Yes. At two minutes and nine seconds? Okay, let's see. Two, 208. <laughs> Like that is a man. It's definitely a TVXQ. It's definitely a TVXQ. Anyway, they're uncredited. (laughs) (laughs) But I heard them immediately. (laughs) It could also be a Super Junior Cry. That sounds really familiar. That's somebody's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's somebody's voice. Uh, Okay. But this album also had, and I want to play a clip of this because it touched my heart. There's also a song on this album called Wrongly Given Love. And let's see if you can figure out which pre-debut SM boy is singing on this song. You'll know immediately. Yeah, it's baby Jonghyun sounding like not a baby at all. Not a baby at all. No, he sounds exactly like he always, always But almost even more like mature and raspy. Like his voice is like so full. Uh, Okay, that song or this album did eventually reach number one on a Chinese radio chart a month after it came out. Mm. Um, And I noticed that she was often just generally paired with Super Junior M for songs and live performances and stuff because this is pre-EXO. So like that was the only other like Chinese thing going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, her third Chinese single, Moving On, also has Dong Hae from Super Junior in the music video as her boyfriend. Wow, so just like constant. It almost feels like they're using her as a vehicle for these other boys as opposed yeah. to like giving her her own fucking platform. And the Dongae music video is also like pretty crazy just because like I found it like weirdly kind of shocking because it felt real because instead of it being like a music video where they're like acting out a love story, it's like she is singing the song in video moving video but then they just show like still photos of like her and dong hey like cuddling and almost kissing and laughing and joking and then like getting in a fight and like breaking up but it's just like still photos so they, they like, like acted real. it all out but yes. then just like put it only in photos that's a weird choice <laughs> but it like looked real it was weird uh okay next up she was part of sm the ballad mm-hmm ended the Chinese version of Breath with Chen because Breath was released in three different versions, three different languages, three different pairings. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we've talked about SM the Ballad before as well, but this was kind of like a special like super, co-ed super group group. of like their best singers and they put out I think only what one special album where they had like a bunch of different songs by like a lot of random groupings or whatever like combos of yeah 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 like maybe six people all together different combos um then her fourth single called Agape was released in 2014 and the music video for this one starred Victoria from FX and Tao from EXO. All the Chinese idols coming together. And this music video manages to be like a very sad tribute to something that really happened in the Sichuan earthquake in 2008. But it's also a McDonald's commercial. Wow. And the plot line for it <laughs> continues into their next into her next music video. But the plot is basically like the true story part is that after the earthquake, there was a woman found in the rubble and she had passed, but her baby was under her. She had like kept the baby safe mm. and there was a note on her phone like, I really hope my baby lives or whatever. So in the music video, Tao is like this baby. Okay. And Victoria is the mom. Hmm. But then he's grown up and living in Korea. And there's a girl who works at McDonald's who is Victoria and looks exactly Mm. like his mom. So he starts working at the McDonald's to try to get close to her. And then in the next, but she's being bothered by gangsters. Of Of course. Of course. So in the second music video, he has since become a firefighter, but she's still being bothered by the gangsters Mm. and he like protects her and he saves a child from a big fire at the end. And she like comes up to him like, oh, my God, and like touches his shoulder like, you know, like in the big moment where it should be like a sweeping kiss. It's just like a thanks. (laughs) Classic, classic, classic. Uh, Okay, so her in February 2017, her SM contract expired and she moved back to China. She released a couple more singles, but like changed Chinese companies like four times. Mm. She was just moving all around. Um, But she returned to Korea last year to participate in a JTBC show called Sing Again 3, where people who were like one hit wonders or like whatever 
like get a chance to sing again uh and i watched her audition and oh my god y'all she has still got it oh my god So yeah, she absolutely smashed that audition. Ugh. She got a perfect, she got a like a green light from all of the judges. Um, she was eventually eliminated in episode seven, but blasphemy. Um, I just thought it was great that she still had it so much. Oh um, yeah, incredible. Because she was very highly praised in the Chinese media and other like Asian markets for her very like soulful, soulful voice, which was compared to like Christina Aguilera and Whitney and Celine Dion and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because like that is not usually a vocal style that people in Asia like sing with. So like it was something that made her very special and she was very, very good at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Her voice is beautiful and she has like... She has that, like, ideal control that I think SM looks for, where, like, they she has, like, the power to hold out a really big note, but also the control to, like, take it through so many runs. Gorgeous. Simply yeah. gorgeous. So I definitely, like, stand by and recommend all of the things that she put out, because, like, man, she was good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but that's it. That's our list. Because after, you know, after she was gone in 2017, like, there hasn't been a group that's debuted that... There honestly hasn't been an SM group that's debuted since, like, 2005 that could possibly ever be forgotten. <laughs> yeah, point. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And, like, the other group, you know, like, we... JYJ was never a group under SM, and we talked about their stint on TVXQ uh, in our mm-hmm. in our the first part of our deep dive. Yeah. Um, so, so this episode's you know. title maybe isn't actually applicable, but it's more it was of a just joke. the spirit. And yeah, it, it was you know, more jokey. Yeah. It came out of uh, the idea of TVXQ having to celebrate their 20th anniversary while simultaneously completely ignoring the first like six years of their career, which I just think is funny. Like just the the determination of SM to erase certain aspects of their timeline is very comical to me. So just know that this title's tongue in cheek and deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed learning about all of those people and we'll be right back with a random game. All right, we are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a boy band called Romeo. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was a group that was formed by Pony Canyon Korea, which um, Pony Canyon is a Japanese agency, and they partnered with the Korean company CT Entertainment to put out this boy group that originally had seven members uh, in 2015. Um, and yeah, they were, uh, able to release like a good amount, like one, two, three, four, five mini albums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Between 2015 and 2017. So like two years, five EPs. That's not bad. At least pretty consistent in their release schedule. It seems like. Yeah. 
the sales, if they are correct, are very, very small. Like mm-hmm. some of these albums only selling like 1,500 copies. Yeah. Um, but they do but- have two of the EPs that made it into the top 10. Um, we have mentioned Romeo before because they were on one of our song battles. I don't remember which one at this point, but... They were on one of our song battles, I know, because I remember liking their version of whatever battle we were battling at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also know them. Do you remember what it was? I'm just looking at their singles. Did we do a Stay With Me battle? Yeah. Because they have a Stay With Me, so it must be that. It must have been that. It must have been that. Um, But then also a listener once pointed out to us that our Chemino from Shiny is featured in a music video of Romeo's called Miro um, because apparently the CEO of CT Entertainment used to be Shiny's manager. So they called in a favor and got him to be in the music video. Um, And yeah, they like more or less disbanded or stopped making music in like 2018. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's an fit like the doesn't mention an official uh, disbandment date, but in 2017, four of the seven members went on Mix 9. So they haven't done anything since. Except, let's see, is it the same members? Uh, no, two, two of the same members, but two other members, the four of them, went on peak time last year. They went on what? Which peak time which was another was one of those uh oh. just another one of those bring them people back all right uh yeah. elimination shows and they were eliminated on the second episode Ooh, but they Bum. gave it a shot uh all right so according to our lookies uh romeo's debut song lovesick is still their most popular music video at one million views uh, so if you want to watch that with us and figure out what it's about, I see a white background and some cute, shiny, almost shiny colored jackets in the thumbnail. So I like that as a color palette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to watch Lovesick with us, just uh, pull it up and press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have like a book cover oh. opening. So many, okay, all white suits. Everything is so white. Yeah, and like all white sets with like columns and white leaves and steps. Enormous, what are those, collar cuffs? Huge silver snowflakes. Oh, and now a black version. Great. (laughs) All these short pants. Yeah, their little boots. Expecting a flood. Also, this feels like more than seven people. I know that objectively it's not, but they really fill that room. Big sweeping rondejons. Yeah. like these like little harmonies and stuff in mm-hmm. this chorus what year is this again 2015 okay yeah that's right that mm. that feels right totally is 
Is that a coffin or a bathtub? Everything is so white. Like literally everything in the white set is white. Everything is white. Everything. So you like, can't yeah. see what anything is. There's no definition. Ooh. Oh, here comes okay. the turquoise. Love it. Oh, he has a sword. It is. Who has a sword? Oh, no, I this think that's a candle. Sitting. Oh, it is a sword. I thought he was holding a candlestick. <laughs> it's like a fencing lance. Again, everything's white. You can't tell. It's hard to see. Yeah. Is it just me or does it look like it's way more than seven people? It does. But then you count them and it is And there's seven, only seven. Like Why does it look like it's nine? I know it's not. <laughs> but it really looks like it. Yeah, no, seven. Ooh. Ooh, I love train. a little ripple roll. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, funny to me because I feel like they're, like, dressed very grown up in these, mm. like, fancy print suits, but they mm. all look like such babies. Like, they, have they have very the baby faces. Face. Yeah. But they're trying to be, like suave and grown up yeah. but like they look Classy. like babies they look like teenagers especially that one yes. look at his baby face Step dancing here. They really do look like too many people. They do. Like, it's really when they get in that out. diagonal, yeah. And in this black room, in the tight I don't, triangle, I, yeah. they look like so many. They people. look like so many people. What's up with that? Up, oh, closing the book. Goodbye, Romeo. All right. There you go. That Wonderful. was Romeo. All right. Uh, it is weekly recommendation time. Do you have anything you would like to recommend to the people? Uh, yes, because I'm pretty sure that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet, which is that Sistar 19 came out. They came you back surely haven't. after seven years and they put out a song called No More Parentheses, My Boy. And it's <laughs> absolutely perfect in every sense of the word and because they are under Hyolin's own company she is making them work and she is getting them on every <laughs> single music show she got them on Hyori's show they did a killing voice they did a live band version she said Bora strap in because we're making the rounds and she heard us complain about no live vocals and no sexy girl groups and she said me and my butt cheeks have got you and they have been getting us as much as the censors will let them and i just adore hyolin so much that this has been so so fun her and bora are clearly having like the best time while they do this they've been doing a little like they have a full b-side on the single called saucy and they do like a minute and a half of it on all of the music shows and it's so 
fun. It's so fun. And like Bora was always the rapper of Sistar. So mm-hmm. in and she also in their original debut of Sistar 19, the subunit in My Boy, Bora raps on it. And in right. No More, she actually sings quite a bit and she does in Saucy as well. So it's very fun to like see her get to do other pieces of it because like I watched their killing voice and when they do some old sistar songs it's just kind of funny because like they'll include a piece of Bora's rap but like Hyolin sings the entire chorus essentially by herself because like that's just <laughs> not who Bora was yeah. in the group <laughs> so it's just really funny to see her like she's having so much fun but she's also just like body rolling (laughs) it's great I just they're so much fun and like I told you this before but like between TVXQ and Sistar 19 like my January has just been such a second gen gem Mm -hmm. and I love it like they're continuing to wear ridiculous things on stage Hyolin has bedazzled her enormous stomach tattoo in order to be allowed to bear her midriff on camera (laughs) and it's so funny to me I think that's such a hilarious way to skate around the censorship it's genius it's genius I love my heel in sister 19 (laughs) I still have so much catching up to do I've not been in a proper headspace but I did watch the music video when it came out and loved the song and I did watch a TikTok challenge with Shonu that was great (laughs) They had they put out their own like release party where they told yes, everyone I loved that they had a release party because I feel like that's like a thing about like Korean celebrity or like idols at least that feels so different from like Western mm. is that like people don't like have like parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like people don't have like big release parties and like actually have a good time and totally. like, whatever. It's all and just like formal events. One. But yeah, because like Hyolin, they're under Bridge, which is Hyolin's company, so they can do whatever they want. So they threw this fancy release party for themselves where the dress code was that you had to wear black and be slutty and everybody fit the bill and it was great. And they <laughs> made everybody who came do a TikTok challenge with them and it was wonderful. Shonu yeah, was I there and his sweater was so thin. It was <laughs> just great. Yeah. <laughs> End of sentence. End Perfect. of rant. <laughs> uh, so my recommendation is actually a recommendation that I got from a Discord listener called whose uh, username is Starship Stevie. But I was asking for... Um, recommendations for k-pop adjacent like workouts on youtube Mm. because i've been like really missing not being able to go to our k-pop dance class anymore and i like don't want to get all out of shape and i need to be doing some kind of cardio but i have no self-discipline at all and i like can't make myself do things i like need peer pressure i need sure. to be led same <laughs> so i was wondering because there is this guy named the fitness marshal that does like these little dance combos um but mostly to like you know american pop music mm-hmm. and i was like is there anything that's like a k-pop equivalent of the fitness marshal and starship stevie put me onto a channel called golfy dance fitness mm. g-o-l-f-y like golf with a y golfy dance fitness And it's this guy who's a dance teacher in Thailand, and he has, like, I think over 800 videos on his YouTube channel. Wow. 
where he has made up little cardio combos to like every K-pop song you could ever think of. Ooh, fun! Every song you've ever ever dreamed of he's made a little combo for it and every single one he he incorporates at least one of the actual choreo moves into it but it isn't the choreo it's like playing just dance Mm, where it's like you know little repeating like four counts or whatever that go along with the song and i've been doing a couple every morning this week and it's just like good little cardio and it's so fun and i can't wait to like watch all of them because truly he's done like every song yeah I'm scrolling through right now and there's yeah so many different things and they're only like four minutes long so it's just the whole song like it's just the song oh it's just the song itself Mm -hmm. cool yeah and he seems to put out one like he puts them out often so there's one for like all of these newer songs great how fun yeah so I've been enjoying that very much so if you're also just looking for a way to get your blood pumping a little bit I recommend Golfy Dance Fitness and thank you again to Starship Stevie for putting me onto it because it's exactly what I was looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. Great rec. Um, all right. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and letting me get out all of my demons at the beginning. Like, I'm so sorry that I had to do that. I hate that I did. Um, but it but had to happen. I, it was, I do think that it was healing for me to like get those things out of my brain and say them out loud. Um, and sorry to anybody else who is feeling this way about Hyanna or has ever felt this way about any other idol that has disappointed them greatly. It's not fun. And I hate that we have to do it. Yeah, it totally sucks. Um, but also it was fun to look at old stuff and honestly, like this whole week and all of this Yana stuff is a reminder as to why I love to do episodes about things that are 20 years old because the past cannot hurt me. It already (laughs) happened. That's very true. (laughs) That's very true. And it's always fun to do an episode where we have like, because we've said this many times, but like the academic lensed episodes are some of our favorites to do because we are just like, nerds at heart who love to research things and love to learn (laughs) and there's something very engaging about being able to do that with a topic that you can be ultimately objective for like I don't have to be affected emotionally by any of the information I'm consuming and that's cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is it is so thanks for Uh, joining us on this ride Thank you so much. Um, and if you would like to get in contact with us, we're on Instagram at Pod. You can email us at amakpoppod at gmail.com. You can send us texts or leave us voicemails at 181-AMAKPOP5. We can get mail at P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. You can get bonus content if you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash amakpoppod. And note to patrons, please check your inboxes. You have an assignment. Ooh, homework. Homework, homework, (laughs) which is a perk of one of the tiers. Believe it or not, people pay to be given homework for this podcast. they do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you want to join in on the homework club? 
Um, also, Patreon patrons, I'm sure that you did get an email about it and saw it, but Patreon emailed us that there was a kind of mess up if you are paying for Patreon in non-American dollars. Something might have happened and they had to like cancel your account. So you have to start it again. Mm. And again, they should have emailed you about this. But just in case you're hearing for the, of this for the first time, you might need to check your Patreon. So just putting that out there. Good to know. Because I know we have a lot of international listeners. Um, Let's see. Where else can people find us? We have a link tree at linktree slash pop. Uh, where there's our YouTube channel where you can find the playlist for this week's episode and many other week's episodes. You can go to our Spotify where we have playlists for episodes and you can join the Discord that comes up all the time and hang out with other people. And those are all the places and all of the things, correct? Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks with that patreon worked on episode (laughs) and i'm looking forward to it thank you i love you all so much goodbye bye-bye jonghyun you're our inspiration